The Community Connections Food Bank is running a Fill the Van Spring Food Drive on June 3rd, where they're asking the community to help out uh, with the efforts to uh, feed community members and support uh, the food bank here in Revelstoke, BC. Today I had a, a chance to stop by uh, a Community Connections Food Bank and Outreach Building uh, to talk with Erin McLaughlin, who is the co-director of Community Outreach uh, and Development, as well as Hannah Whitney, who is uh, the Community Food and Outreach Coordinator at Community Connections at their facility uh, downtown Revelstoke on 416th 2nd Street West. Um, Hannah uh, and Erin are joining me to talk a little bit about the food bank. Uh, some trends uh, and what's been going on there in the past couple years and of course about the fill the van uh, spring food drive event on June 3rd. Uh, Aaron and Hannah thanks for taking time to talk to me today. Hi Aaron. thanks for having us. Hi. Great. Okay. So I wanted to uh, uh, sort of do a little bit of a, a recap. Um, as everyone knows, uh, when the pandemic started, there was uh, a lot of disruption in the community and a spike in food bank uh, usage here. And I was hoping to get a sort of an update on what's happening since uh, since the start of the pandemic and uh, until now, sort of what trends are you uh, seeing? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, and so, um, you know, in 2020, uh, I think a lot of the the newspaper articles that came out were saying um, our food bank saw like a 50% rise in usage. And um, that was pretty accurate. It was quite a drastic change. Uh, very quickly, all of a sudden, lots of people needed that kind of food support. And uh, we were really happy that we could accommodate um, all these new demographics of people coming and using the program. Um, I'd have to say since 2020, uh, a lot of things have changed, but, uh, the usage of the food bank hasn't really changed. Like we've, we still see, you know, around the same number of people monthly coming to use the food banks. And we still see the same new demographics of people coming and accessing the program. And, um, we've changed the program a lot since pre pandemic, which was just like a one time a week, uh, food bank pickup. And now we, we hand out food three times a week uh, and for longer periods. And uh, obviously we've moved into a brand new building and well, we've moved all over the place since the beginning of the pandemic from like the basement of the Legion to on the alleyway and then over to this new building to our final home here. But um, yeah, it's pretty uh, the it's been pretty popular still. And like we we see new faces every single week and um we see the same faces every single week too. And yeah, it's uh, the numbers are still up there for sure. Okay. Well, I wanted to I wanted to get into the numbers, uh, the numbers question. Uh, but first, I wanted to uh, read out, uh, you sent out a media release uh, talking about the spring food drive. Um, and uh, in it, you said you mentioned the fall uh, food drive, which was a huge success. But you said that the reality of food insecurity is experienced by, you know, individuals and households of, you know, varying socioeconomic status. Um, and the historical understanding 
understanding of, of what you would call a deserving food bank user is changing uh, with the growing uh, poverty gap. Uh, modest incomes are no longer enough to support uh, comfortable and secure lifestyle, including providing food, the, the basic necessities of life. And what I wanted to ask you about that is to ask about the numbers. Um, if you could, you know, because often that crystallizes it for people. If you had to quantify, you know, the story of the food bank over the past couple of years and, and what's happening right now in terms of numbers, what are the numbers and what do they say? Yeah, well, I guess, uh, and back to you, back to what you said, um, I said, deserving in that statement in quotation marks, because we've, uh, we definitely have been trying to get away from the idea of people being deserving and undeserving of uh, the use of the food bank. And that's something we've been trying to like dismantle as, you know, as a stigma or around the program. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but um, one of the ways that we do that is that there's no eligibility requirement to attend the food bank. So um, anyone can come and participate um, in the program if it's something that they feel like they need. And, and I, I understand that there can be a community um, perspective that believes that that is, uh, you know, people might take advantage, i.e. they're undeserving and they, they are taking advantage of the food program. However, you know, we don't believe that. We don't believe that someone would go to the trouble of finding out when the food bank operates, finding out where we're located, and then making time in their day to come down unless they absolutely needed to do that. And, and aside from that, you know, I think what has shown, what, what one of the trends that has shown in, in our work in the last two years is just the growing inequality um, across Revelstoke and across Canada, really. The, their, the cost of living does not match people's incomes. Um, and so for somebody to work full time and um, try to pay their rent and pay their groceries, there's just not enough money. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this is just an unfortunate stopgap that we've created to be able to support people so that they don't starve. But, you know, I mean, ultimately, I think everybody can agree that in Canada, we don't, there shouldn't be anybody starving in this country. We're, uh, we're a wealthy first world country. We should be able to feed everybody that lives here. Mm -hmm. I wanted to touch on one of the one of the words you used in your response there, and and you said participate. Anybody can come participate. Uh, when I was down uh, looking through um, uh, the facility today, uh, we we ducked into the back to look at the the new community kitchen that's opening soon. That's uh, a, a bit part of a separate program, but uh, definitely housed next door. But in in the food bank itself, um, you have you know uh, a, a mini forklift, uh, the industrial uh, uh, shelving, food shelving, a sink kitchen and, and out front uh, sort of a, a supermarket um, style uh, uh, setup uh, you know it's very much uh, uh, sort of a retail sort of look with obviously a lot of people working there so I was wondering if you what does participation mean and maybe if you could tell me about a little bit more about you know what what are the day-to-day -day activities uh, what are the successes uh, uh, with uh, uh, with the program and, and what does participation look like yeah, I mean, to me, when I think of participation, I just think that people are always welcome to volunteer and they're always welcome to come and just have a conversation. They don't even have to be coming looking for food. 
Um, but I'd also like to offer Hannah maybe her interpretation of participation. Yeah, I guess um, uh, participate in the program. Volunteering for sure is a huge part of it, but also, I mean, if people are just coming and accessing the food, they're participating uh, because they're building that program with us. And, you you know, we're, we're the hosts and we, you know, me and Aaron work here and work to run the program, but without those uh, clients and coming to access and build the community around the program that we've developed here, it's, there's really no part of it. I mean, if we're not actively listening to the needs of our clients and, um, and hearing their feedback, then we're not really building a program that is for them in any way. And another thing I wanted to touch on is it, when you were talking about, you know, systemic issues um, and that, uh, you know, in a, a wealthy developed country, we, we are seeing and we are experiencing, as you mentioned, um, a sustained increase in numbers in the community. And I wanted to, to talk about some systemic challenges that you feel um, from the perspective of the food bank that we need to um, consider uh, and think about as a community to uh, help in, in improve the situation. When you look around at things that are within the community's ability to control and influence, uh, what, what sort of issues uh, do you feel we need to be addressing or uh, aware of or working on? I think um, first and foremost, I encourage all people to participate in uh, municipal and provincial government. You know, whether you're a voter or you're somebody that wants to run for office, like the, these are important positions that are civil servants. And we need people to relay the information that's happening um, in our community um, up the pipe to the provincial and federal government so that people know what's happening. And I, and I do believe that the, you know, the government knows about the inequality across Canada and is attempting to do things to mitigate some of the inequality, but the more voices, the better. And, and to, you know, locate the problem where it belongs. You know, this isn't about um, individuals it, um, struggling to work and not being able to provide there for their families like people are working really hard um, they find jobs and they do their best and they find a place to live and they do their best but then they just don't have enough money to make ends meet and that's not a personal problem that's not a problem that exists within somebody that's a systemic issue um, and so you know the other sort of point that I would love to to bring up is just that we always have the ability to support each other and so on a community level i think revelstoke does a really good job of taking care of each other and you know one of the things that comes to mind for me and in, in my work is um part of my work is related to harm reduction and, and in my conversations with people that are using substances they report that they're looking out for each other so you know, they're making sure that people don't use substances alone and they're making sure that they take care of each other and have clean supplies. And I think that, you know, our community does that. It doesn't matter who you are, that we're looking out for each other. And there's lots of ways that we can do that. And so volunteering, if you don't have um, money to donate, you can always volunteer your time. Um, and community connections is always welcoming donations and those donations are what 
make it able like what what provide us the ability to support the community in the best way that we can I wanted to follow up on the the volunteering. Uh, what kind of positions are available uh, through the food bank? If if someone says I've got some time, I want to help out. Uh, uh, what uh, what can they be doing? Uh, what sort of programs do you have? Yeah, well, we uh, we have lots of different ways people can help. There's um, <laughs> there's uh, just I use a lot of volunteers. Uh, have it like di distributing food every week, helping me like process the food recovery that comes in and handing out food, food bank distribution days. But we're needing more and more volunteers for things like delivering hampers to uh, clients at home who uh, cannot access physically the food bank on the time slots that were open or um, with the new kitchen, I feel like there'll be opportunities uh, for helping to maybe cook meals or um, distribute those meals or that way. And we also have a new um, uh, coordinator, a better at home coordinator, Deb, uh, on our in our department here. And she needs volunteers to help um, visit seniors who are at home and like meet their needs um, in a place where those seniors feel most comfortable and are safe. So yeah, there's lots. I say um, to reach out to just our, our front desk person um, at the main office, send an email or, or a phone call and ask to be connected to some volunteer opportunities <laughs> if you're looking. Okay. And there's, and, and it sounds like there's quite a bit of flexibility. Like if I only have two hours a week to give or, or I want to give more, that's, you can find a spot for me. Yeah. Yeah. We'll try our best to for sure. So um, the last question I wanted to get on is, uh, you know, I wanted to follow up on the media release you sent uh, out uh, to local media. So um, tell tell me a little bit, tell everyone a little bit more about the Fill the Van Spring Food Drive uh, Friday, June 3rd from 10 to 6. Uh, wh what's that all about and how, how can uh, people who are listening participate? Yeah, so um, uh, June 3rd from 10 to 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. We're running just a pretty straightforward food drive this time. We were gonna have our big food van uh, that has like the Community Connections logo on the side. I'm sure everybody's seen it driving around town. Uh, parked in front of our outreach building, which is the, the location of the food bank as well and the, um, the outreach department of Community Connections. So it's gonna be parked on 2nd Street in front of the building for those hours and people can come and drop off their non-perishable food donations. And we always remind everybody um, don't drop off anything that's expired or open. So, um, you know, if you're going through the back of your cupboard, check the check the dates to make sure you're not handing, giving us anything um, that's expired because we can't actually hand those things out, unfortunately. Oh yeah, and now and um, of course like monetary donations too are always accepted. But uh, that June third day is also the grand opening of our food bank, so um, we're kind of inviting like the community to come down and drop some stuff off and then take a look at our new facility if, if they're interested. Amazing. And uh, for, for, for those of us who maybe only have uh, a few expired things in the cupboard, but want to help out, um, there's always cash donations they can do. Is there any uh, general description of the, the types of foods that are in demand if someone wants to, you know, make a purchase and, and drop something off? Yeah, I say, um, I mean, think about things that are in your cupboard um, and that you use daily. Uh, it's good to just have a, a wide variety of items. Um, you know, we always have like things that are easy prep, uh, you know, like 
uh, canned soup and canned vegetables are always great and, and pasta and pasta sauce are always good things. But then sometimes, you know, it's great to have people drop off some gluten-free options or maybe some, you know, other vegan options or, or things like that. I mean, even like the odd sweet, you know, cookies and stuff like that are, you know, really appreciated too. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So that's Friday, June third, ten to six, um, at the Community Connections Outright, um, sorry, Outreach Food Bank building, which is at four sixteen Second yeah. Street West. Just to clarify for everyone, uh, Community Connections opened a uh, a new satellite uh, um, uh, center, uh, and that's at Second Street West uh, uh, on the west uh, side of town. Um, and uh, I've been talking with Aaron McLaughlin, who's the co-director of community outreach and development at uh, Community Connections, and Hannah Whitney, who's the community food and outreach coordinator. Uh, Aaron and uh, Hannah, good luck with the Fill the Van Spring Food Drive. Uh, we'll see you there, and uh, thanks for taking some time to talk to me today. Thanks for having us, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.